Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of What Do You Think of That? Today I am joined with Garrett Graff of Graphic Arts Studios, and we will be talking about Daredevil, and not the cringy 2003 movie. <laughs> with Ben Affleck? Yeah. Um, you've seen Daredevil Season 1, correct, Garrett? Yes, yes, I just finished it last month. Well, I, fi I finished season one and season two. I uh, got, It got recommended to me by a co-worker, um, and that I actually signed up for a free trial of Netflix. It's the first time I've had Netflix. Um, but I watched that. I watched season two. Then I started season three, and I was really confused. And he told me, he was like, yeah, season three takes place after Defenders, which I need to lead up on by Jessica Jones and um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Oh, I'll be honest, so, I completely skipped those. Well, I watched Iron oh, Fist, but yeah. I watched it after I watched Defenders. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, but, I mean, you know, I uh, I am really liking those shows as well. But, yes, Daredevil, I was really impressed with. That really got me, like, wow, this is, like, a really cool addition to the MCU, even though it's not official, you know? Yeah. So, season one, what were your thoughts of the show? Or, I guess better how I should put it, in light of the series, what'd you think of that? Spoiler warning, we will be discussing season one. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a really, uh, really good show. I, uh, I'm really impressed with the casting. Um, each, uh, each actor did a really good job as uh, the character. Um, it's interesting, I've only seen Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin, um, in one other, uh, movie, or movie slash TV show, and that's, uh, that was Men in Black, uh, which is a very different role, uh, for him, but, um, yeah, they, uh, they took some artistic liberty with the characters, like, they changed some things, which happens in, like, all comic book movies and stuff. Um, but it, it really worked for the tone of the show. Um, I also think it was a good decision to have them be less, like, um, happy-toned, I guess. I don't know. Yes, I think, I think giving this show a more mature and dark kind of gritty feel was very beneficial for the character I think uh, yeah I think if they had done something similar to Arrow where they make it more of like what would be a PG-13 rating um, or mm -hmm. I guess for TV shows it's TV-14 um, it right. just it wouldn't be as true to Daredevil and I feel like we would get a lot more kind of campy uh, 2003 type Daredevil. Right. So I think right. I think the choice of making it darker and grittier was definitely a beneficial one. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, because like throughout the series, they call him by a bunch of different names, but like a lot of the time, or one of the names that sticks is the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Right. And like it, it. Uh, I feel like with that name, you know, you kind of need to set a tone that's a lot darker than the rest of the um, MCU. Yeah. 
because uh, like if if he's a a devil, like you don't think of like a devil being like super like gentle with people. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, for most of season one, he's just uh, the man in the mask. Um, yeah, right. I, I definitely. Yeah. I mean, I made a post on my Instagram going through costume design and all that, but uh, taking it from the Man Without Fear run set of costumes, I feel like goes really well with this TV show and the feel of it. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to see. There are, uh, there are very few, like, cinematic projects that I've seen um, with such as much um, dedication, um, like it, it really. I think it really shows in a movie or TV show or anything like that. Um, if the people involved in making it and producing it are like dedicated to make it as good as it possibly can be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of plot. Um, I was trying to think of a good breakdown for season one, but it's a little complex to really simplify. Because so we have mm-hmm. we have our main storyline, which is uh, Daredevil trying to bring down eventually Wilson Fisk. But like along the way, he has to deal with Nobu and the Russians and to a small extent, Madame Gao, but she doesn't really come in until later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how would you break down the plot? That's that's an interesting question. Um, I would probably break it down by uh, we, you know, we get set up with the character of Daredevil slash Matt Murdock, um, and he is a lawyer uh, who, unbeknownst to anyone, is moonlighting as a masked vigilante. Um, the uh, he's as his day job, he's also looking for an office space uh, to share with his best friend, who's also a lawyer, and they end up practicing law together uh, through his escapades as this masked uh, man, he encounters several um, big players in a uh, large crime ring uh, and only learns about uh, a third to halfway through the season uh, who's really behind that all. And um, then he learns near, near to the end of the series that the only way that they can take him down is not by um, using his uh, vigilantism, but uh, using uh, the law and uh, his uh, practice with his best friend, Foggy. Which is something in the uh, plot that I really appreciate, which is the, the balance between what is lawful and then what is just, because the the law and what mm. their system is, is kind of allowing a lot of these criminals to slip through the cracks, and then, you know, Daredevil, more unforgiving. Mm. I guess it's a good way to put it. 
which is interesting in duality to Matt Murdock's character because he's a very strong Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is a uh, topic that the show explores really well, um, is the topic of, like, you know, what is, like, what Daredevil is doing. Is it good? Is it bad? Should he be doing it? Should he not? And it, um, they do, like, play into that a lot, which I like with a lot of the other characters, you know, when when Foggy eventually finds out about um, Which I do want Matt. to talk about a little later, um, because I feel like that's a very big part of the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't go into depth on that uh, topic, like, immediately, but, um, like, it, it sort of, like, brings up the question, like, uh, with him and Foggy, like, Foggy doesn't necessarily think that everything that Daredevil is doing is good. Right. And, um, you know, that kind of creates a disagreement with him and Matt. And, like, it is, uh, it is interesting to see, um, that they're sort of, like, questioning that with their own characters, which I think is a, like, um, it's a, it's a good idea. I think in any, like, sort of situation like that with a movie, uh, you can, or TV show in this case, you can, um, you can really, uh, help the plot and the story and the characters grow, um, by using the characters themselves to, like, question, um, motivations and actions, uh, rather than just, like, trying to make it seem, uh, questionable and then letting the audience figure it out for themselves. It also makes the characters seem more real to be, like, working it out with the audience. Right. So, yeah. So I guess now that, I mean, we've kind of transitioned there on our own, but uh, let's talk about some character breakdowns. Um, mm -hmm. So, for the most part, I really only have what I like to call the big three of TV shows, because almost every show I've watched has them, um, which for this show is um, obviously Matt Murdock, and then Foggy and Karen Page are the other two. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to go over some of the other characters, but let's start with those three and then go from there. So with Matt Murdock, we've already discussed, you know, he's a very strong Catholic and that plays into a lot of how he deals with um, people that he's fighting um, on the show. Yeah. So, but what do you think of Matt Murdock as a character and how they've progressed his character in the show and, you know, what kind of growth he has possessed? Yeah. Um, it is... Uh... It is really cool. One of the things while I was, like, uh, preparing and, like, thinking about a lot of the questions that you sent me, one of the, like, things that I thought about was, like, um, Matt Murdock's character is very, very determined to, uh, like, to save his, uh, save his city. Like, he just, like, it, 
it's crazy how he keeps like fighting, you know, and considering um, considering the fact with his um, like vision impairment and like blindness, he like fights anyway. And like, yes, he has superpowers, but it is like cool to see uh, cool to see that um, take place. Uh, and it's cool to see that like. Uh, diversity because like he's still like goes can go toe to toe with like a bunch of powerful people, right? Um, and yeah, and that uh, that's another like thing that I think uh, can bleed through into the characters with the like even even the actors being really determined to make um, the show really good was, um, like, it, it sort of bleeds into the characters like that. Yeah. Uh, I also... Oh, sorry, what was that? I just said, yeah. I was oh. With you. Um, but yeah, like, uh, it's, um, it's interesting to see that, and, uh, I, I also found out that Charlie Cox won a, um, Gosh, I'm blanking on the full title of it. I I believe it's uh man. Um I I uh gosh. Oh, what's her name? Oh, uh Helen Keller Achievement Award. Uh, which is Yeah, it's it's an award given to uh, people or organizations that um, are very involved in helping um, helping people who have uh, disabilities. Um, so, and I I don't know like if if that like if the show sparked uh, that interest in him and like helping helping people like that or um, or what, but uh, it was. Cool to see because he really like pulled uh, pulled it off. I actually like had to look it up because I was like, I wonder if he like actually is like I wonder if he actually is blind in real life. Um, right. It, it was and like so convincing. If I'm correct, he's also British. I'm pretty sure. So he's also yes. doing an American accent. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to agree. Charlie Cox, one amazing actor. Two, really good casting for the character of Matt Murdock. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I haven't really read into a lot of Daredevil comics, but mm-hmm. definitely captures that feel of the blind vigilante lawyer um, and does mm-hmm. obviously such an amazing job of acting. So... I guess here would be my thoughts of on Matt Murdock. Um, we see over the course of the season. He also we also have flashbacks of young Matt Murdock, and I feel mm-hmm. like that goes along really well with what we learn of Matt Murdock throughout the season. Like, there's never a point where I feel like we're given way too much information all at once. I feel like we have mm-hmm. our main story, and we're learning about Matt Murdock and starting to grow to like the character and all that, 
and then something will happen that maybe they don't have context for that would be a lot of um, cramped context, but they then put in that backstory and it gives us context to his character that isn't just shoved in our face. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really interesting way to do sort of an origin like that. You know, like, like you were saying there. Um, like, it, they, they chop it up a lot. And, like, the basically the only origin we get for him at the beginning of the TV show, like at the first episode, um, basically the only origin we get is uh, his dad is a boxer, and he got hit by a truck saving an old man, and he's blind. And that's, like, basically all we get from the from the get-go. Um, and they reveal more later, but, like, I, I mean, I didn't know the origin of Daredevil beforehand, so, I, I mean, like, I knew um, what happened to him with all that and everything. But, like, I, I wonder what it would be like for someone who uh, didn't, uh, didn't know the origin of Daredevil. You know, like, um, it's kind of, kind of like a like puzzle, like they're just getting pieces every like uh, every few episodes so that they can kind of piece together uh, what what happened to him. So right. Um, I mean, I, like, what what are your what are your thoughts on that? So I think that the way that they have it set up, they don't give you so much flashback that it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, this is a lot of information about a character we don't particularly care about right now. Yeah. But also, not so little, it's like, why are you even telling us this in the first place? Like, they have this perfect balance of, like, here's what you know about this character in real time as an adult. And now we're going to give you just this little bit of his backstory so that you're still invested in his backstory. But Mm -hmm. it gives enough context to his character currently that you'll understand what he's talking about. Right. Right. And I feel like that kind of transitions into how he interacts with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That, I guess that'd be my thoughts. What were your thoughts on, you know, moving forward on Foggy Nelson? Foggy. Uh, I love Foggy, man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Foggy is definitely probably my favorite character on the entire show. Yeah, um, it it's it's it was interesting. I didn't figure this out until after I finished the show. Um, the first the first time I had seen the actor uh, was in an episode of Psych. Uh, you know, uh, do you know the one where they go to that like camp and there's that like it's supposed to be like that. Uh, like, Halloween camp or whatever. Um, I don't know. But uh, they go to that camp, and then there's that guy that, like, tries to kill them off one by one. Well, the... Yeah, I'll be honest, I have no clue what you're talking about, because I don't really watch... Oh, dude, you gotta... Well, anyway, I I won't go... I won't explain that any further, since you won't won't, uh, get it. But, um... Yeah, it, it was... It was interesting. The whole time I was like, he looks so familiar. And then I finally found it out. But, um, yeah, uh, they, uh, they did, they do a really good job with, 
making, because a lot of the time in superhero media, it's it gets boring to follow the characters that aren't superheroes. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And sorry, not to not to catch you no. off or anything. That's another thing about the show that that I um, really appreciate is it's not at all a superhero show. Yeah, it's a crime mm-hmm. show with superhero elements. Yeah, yeah, and I. I think um, I think they did a good job because, like, obviously, like the selling factor of the show that is the title character, right? Daredevil, right? Like, <laughs> obviously, right? And like, not not even like entirely Matt Murdock, um, but just like specifically Daredevil. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of the, a lot of the time with stuff like that is um, the other characters become just boring, like really boring, because you're like just just show yeah. like cool superhero like punching stuff and everything, uh, and you don't want like why are we following these other characters' stories? Right, right. Um, but I think that's really good with uh, all the all the um, all the Marvel Netflix shows really, uh, but particularly the um, particularly Daredevil. Um, where you're not like you're invested in every character, and like from the first time you are introduced to Foggy on you know when he's talking with Matt on the phone, um, you know you like instantly grow to like him. At least I did, um, and you get a sense of like what you know what he uh, what he does, what his relationship with Matt is, um. And that he sometimes more than Matt is really dedicated to succeeding with their uh, business together. Um, right, right. So because to a degree for for Matt, their business is a lot more just of a front. Yeah, yeah. And that they they explore that with the character of Foggy. You know, when he finds out about um, Matt being. The man in the mask. Um. Yeah, there's, there's actually, I feel like that episode Nelson versus Murdoch. Mm-hmm. I think it's episode nine. It's probably one of my favorite episodes in the entire season. Oh, absolutely. Particularly because they're exploring that dynamic, and I really like the scene, which um, it's when Matt and. Foggy's just figured out Matt's secret identity, and he's giving Matt like his five minutes to explain or whatever. Listening to the sirens, Um, and Matt's talking about the first time that he really went out as as masked vigilante, and why he didn't think that the law could really help anybody. I realized how much sirens there actually, but he could. So how much I, the city suffered. That's one of my favorite scenes um, because I feel like it gives you context to both characters and really what both characters' viewpoints yeah. are. The sirens, the that conversation that Matt has with Foggy. Um, I think it's what really solidifies the belief, like Matt's belief, that he can't defeat Wilson Fisk as uh, Daredevil. Like he has to defeat him. Uh, as Matt Murdock, or you know, like as, as a lawyer, 
using the law, not going out and the law. Um, when his wife was asleep. You know. So, because at, you know, well, that... I call child services. Go ahead, sorry. Like you're supposed to. I think I have to disagree with you there. Because I don't think true. he really came to that conclusion he until um, he made sure what, 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 Karen how he did had didn't leave a mark. kind of some real leads well, could, on Wilson Fisk. But I could. Um, hmm. He spent the next month in a hospital. I think before then he just was very much, I'm going to do it all on my own. Uh, and really only a mask can get me this information. One day you just had it without the Yeah. I mean, it is, um... But to do what you do... It's, it's you interesting, training all like... Those years since that stick guy. Knowing you would do something the, the main like thing that I, like... Maybe it isn't only that stood out to me Matt. in that Maybe episode... you having an excuse to hit someone. Maybe you just can't stop yourself. Augie's, like, immediate shift to, like, not knowing what to think. Because before then, um... You know, like, he was pretty critical of the man in the mask, you know, and, like, he would, like, he was, like, this is not, like, this this guy is a, like, horrible guy, you know, I, I don't even know, like, why why the police haven't, like, right. stopped him yet or whatever. And then, um... Right. And then he finds the man in the mask, a.k.a. Matt, in Matt's apartment, and finds out it's Matt then. And, like he immediately gets him medical attention through Claire, and um, he stays there to make sure Matt's okay. But he's still, like, you know, he still doesn't know what to think. He's like, what else has he kept hidden from me? You know, like, is there anything else that right. he hasn't told me yet, or whatever, so... Right, and that's, I mean... We'll get into the character of Claire in a little bit, yeah. but I think that's just because um, Foggy just has a very good heart. Like, I mm -hmm. think even if there was some person that he knew was a really horrible person that he found injured, I, I believe that he would do the same thing. Yeah. I do think that it being Matt does help. But. Mm -hmm. So... Going, you know, circling back to, to the whole Karen Page piece of things, um, I feel like Karen's character might have the biggest arc in this season. Yeah. That might just be my opinion, but I feel like she starts out as the victim, and by the end of the series, she's a fully fleshed out character that you're having thoughts and opinions and um yeah you're starting to not like it kind of probably episode three or four you start to see her as not just some side character mm -hmm. but she's a very much an independent character outside of just i'm a side character for the sake of being a side character right right and that's um yeah, that she she's another character that you know is really like because another another one of those characters that you're not just like thinking each time she's on the screen you're not just thinking like when are they gonna get to the like fun stuff uh, like you're actually like ooh right. what you know what what's gonna happen with uh, with her and like it is interesting how she um, she look 
like, thinking back on it now, she actually drives most of the entire show. You know, like, her character right. drives most of the entire show. Like, she is the first incident where, like, Matt and Foggy, like, first... Now, they don't know it yet, but they first, like, encounter um, King, Kingpin, or uh, Wilson, Wilson Fisk. Um, yeah. And, you know, then she gets hired by them, and uh, and she, you know, forms that relationship with uh, Ben Urich, and uh, which we'll we'll get into him later too, but uh, and like she is the main one who like finds out all this stuff and like takes people to places you know to show them things um, that they wouldn't have found out without right. her. And, she, and and you know, kind of on that line of thought, I feel like Daredevil balances Karen Page's character really well, mm-hmm. like. A lot of current television doesn't know how to handle female characters. Yeah. Um, like you're you're they're either on two sides of the spectrum. They're either woe is me, I'm gonna be the the damsel uh, in distress. <laughs> damsel in distress, yes, that's what I was trying to think. Uh, and or on the flip side, like, oh I'm gonna be this super empowering female, but to the point that it's like yeah, but now you're being a little too cliche and too empowering female. Well, to the point that now you're just a boring character. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like I feel like Karen Page's character wasn't pulled out so much to the point that she becomes this, like too detached from the story. Um, I feel like currently a lot of CW shows, uh, their superhero universe has become very much that, and it makes it a lot less enjoyable to watch, because all the characters are kind of going against each other. But I guess it's also a very CW thing, so. Yeah, well, it's 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 an interesting situation, um, because uh, I feel like um, this, is, this is a, like, I feel like this is an issue with just, uh, Hollywood in general. Now I know that Netflix isn't Hollywood, nor is the CW. But um, a lot of the problem you see in stuff like that is um, they they want to like make empowering women, which is like a great thing. You know, we need more. I definitely think we need more uh, diversity in Hollywood. Um, but uh, because also currently. Um, m- many, most, I, uh, most, I should say, uh, most of the content coming out of Hollywood and, like, these networks and stuff is written by, um, men. Most of it. Not all of it. There's a good portion of it that is written by females, which is great. Um, but I think right. the issue, I think one of the issues is that, um, they don't really know, or they... Like you were saying, there's like two, two ways that they write females, basically, which is either they make them empowering or they like, um, just make them the opposite of that, basically. Uh, right. I don't know what the word for that would be, but uh, damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there's more than one way to write an empowering 
female character. Like, um, and most of the way that they go about it currently uh, is, like, um, they just make the female characters as masculine as possible, right? Which is, like, and there's there's nothing wrong with masculine females, but, like, there's more than one way to write a strong female character. You know, like, they don't... Right. A character doesn't have to be masculine in nature to be strong, you know? Um, not at all. And, like, I, you know, there are plenty... There are plenty of women that I know that are distinctly uh, female and distinctly strong. Like, they're very strong females, and they are, like... Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's like I, I don't know why it uh, it's not at, it's not nearly as common to have a character like Karen Page who is like um, a strong female character, but they didn't just basically um, completely masculinize her, you know? Um, right. Which is a it, it's it's a it's a good step um, in the right direction is to have multiple. Yeah multiple ways of writing strong female characters uh, yeah. rather than just a few or rather than just uh, one. So, um, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. You know, like, um, you, they, it normally happens like you either end up on two sides, like opposite sides of the spectrum, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. We definitely, we definitely need to like start seeing more characters like her. Uh, and there are a lot of like we need screenwriters. I feel like need to start like drawing examples from characters like that. So yeah, it's um, they definitely handle her character very well, and her story arc is very well fleshed out and not something like they did as an afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. So, those big three aside, I feel like every every story is only good as its main villain. Mm. And this show handles theirs so well. Mm-hmm. But, at the same time, like, there was a good portion. I was like, who who's the bad guy here? Because you're balancing yeah. not only Fisk, or... You know, he has very much a, a Voldemort, he who shall not be named complex in the very first beginning of the, yeah. like, the first half of the yeah, it's... season. Uh, but also, like, you're you're balancing the the Russians and the Yakuza and the Triad and also Madame Gao and all these other functions of what eventually all towers in to be Fisk. But at the very beginning of the season, it's very much like, who who are we fighting here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and I it's... I did um, really like Wilson Fisk as a bad guy. I feel like he was very well written. I'm yeah. I'm about all the characters. But it's true. I feel like the show really handles the characters well. Yeah. And that's... Um, I think... Like, I... I uh... Wilson Fisk in the show, it's uh, it's interesting because I've noticed more about his character in, like, the tiny little, like, details of his character than, um, more than, more than anything, really. 
Um, in like, you can uh, you can tell like in the in the show, um, his character doesn't really use contractions a whole lot. I mean, he does. It's it's weird. He has this very particular way of speaking. Um, and this very, like, particular cadence. Um, right. and it's, uh, I feel like that's a good detail, because, like, once you start to find out more about his character, you can, like, you get the sense, like, that, that's kind of him, like, pushing down his, like, um, his past and, like, what, like, who, who he's become, or, like, what right. he, uh, what what happened to him as a, as a kid and uh, and stuff like that and you know like he got like uh, I believe he, from what I understood in the show at least he was sent sent off by his mother to uh, like be educated overseas and that you know that's how he knows like uh, Mandarin and all those different languages um, but like he's he's a very like fine man on the on the outside you know he like paints this persona of him like he's this very fine man on the outside. Um, but, like, really, um, growing up, he he was, like, really poor, you know. Uh, he had a very traumatic childhood um, with his father. Uh, and, um, and, like, you can kind of see that, like, come out every time he gets mad. You know, like, he right. just sort of completely loses control and, like, turns into basically a completely different person. Uh, and that sh really showcases, like, his his character arc before the, sh before the show takes place, I feel like. Um, right, right. And, yeah, and... Um, and if, you know, if, if we get to talking about Vanessa, too, that'll, that'll be cool, because in the comics, I think I, think I like the show version better, because... In most media, including the comics, she uh, she doesn't know about his life of crime. Um, right. But I like it better in the TV show because it makes her her own character. You know, you don't you don't right. just know her as Kingpin's wife, you know, or Kingpin's like girlfriend. Um, like, it makes her her own distinct character because then she has to deal with the whole thing. Like, she, you know, has to question, like, is what Fisk is doing, like, is is it good? Like, do, do I believe it's good? Would I, like, support him in this? Would I follow him in this? Um, and it's interesting to see her, like, try to answer those questions for herself throughout the show. So Right. Yeah, I mean, like, so, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um, the choice to make Vanessa aware, one, and also, you know, kind of more of her own character outside of just Kingpin's girlfriend was uh, was an interesting creative choice. I, I definitely appreciated it because um, it gave a little bit more depth to her character, but, yeah, I don't know, I... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on... I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on, on the 
but I do briefly want to go over them because I do feel like they were important characters. Um, ben Yurik, Claire, mm-hmm. and um, the Russians. The more um, Vladimir. Since he yeah. um, get decapitated in the third episode or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I... There are three, there are three characters that are, it's very weird to be grouping together because they're all so very different, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't laughing there because I think decapitation is funny, by the way. Um, I don't think it's funny at all, um, but... Anyway, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, Claire, Ben Urich, and the Russians. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I like I like the fact that um, I like Claire's character because she's like very. Uh, she's she's also another uh, strong female character in the show, but we don't get to yeah. see as much of it with her as we do with uh, Karen. Yeah, and and here's why I don't want to spend too much time talking about her character, because I don't want to be discrediting her character, because it is a yeah. very important character, and I feel like um, very important to that of the story element and to Matt Murdock's development, but I, didn't wanna, I don't want to spend too much time on her because um, she's in literally every Netflix show. Yeah. And a pretty prominent character in all of them. So while that does mm-hmm. credit her, and that's why I wanted to talk about her character, I know that there'll be other opportunities to get into her character as I start reviewing a lot of the other shows where she has right. a little bit more prominent roles in. Right. Yeah. And that's... um. But yeah, I uh, I like what I've seen of her in Daredevil. And the and the other shows, but like going from Daredevil, like um, that really sets everything in motion for her, even for the other shows. Um, and she, uh, like, it's it's a real like testament to her character when we first meet her, like that she uh, she finds this random guy um, who looks a lot worse for wear in the dumpster outside her apartment building. And uh, she just brings him up to her apartment and, like, helps him, right? Um, right. Like, her her first reaction isn't to call the police or anything. Um, she, like, first helps him, and that's, uh, like, really good testament. When you can show your... When you can show your viewers what like, who your character is from the first scene that they're in. Right. That's always a good thing, you know? Yeah. That's and, always a good and, thing that you're um, doing. There's a scene yeah. in episode two. It's right before they interrogate the guy on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's trying to figure out who uh, Daredevil is. Um, and she's talking to him, and he, he asks her kind of, like, what she thinks of him or something. I don't exactly remember, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a scene there, and I'll put it in, in post, um, that I definitely, I really like that scene. 
um, because it does help yeah. to kind of give you a, a real good picture of who she is very early on. Mm-hmm. So, transitioning from her to the Russians, because I guess that'd be the most, the smallest jump in character, um, as far as story, because they're very mm-hmm. intertwined with, with each other's story. Um, yeah. I, um, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on them, but they're kind of the first very prominent bad guy, and I feel like they have the most episodes to kind of talk about them. I yeah. Know. I didn't yeah, want to I, completely discredit their characters, because I feel like they're important, as where Nobu yeah. and Madame Gao become in much more in seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, I don't know about you, but like thinking back on it now, I feel like after uh, Daredevil's like interaction with Vladimir, uh, while while he's trying to like save his life and get more information out of him, um, uh-huh. I feel like that uh, that kind of affects Matt Murdock in the sense that I feel like that. Um, makes him more, like, merciful to the people that he fights after that. Um, because... Yeah, I definitely think it affects his character. Yeah, well, because, like, he, he realizes, like, this... Like, this guy isn't... Like, he realizes that not every person he fights is just, like, a uh, despicable human being. Actually, he realizes that, like, basically no one he fights is a completely despica- despicable human being, right? Which, which no definitely way. comes into play a lot more in Season 2, and when I eventually yeah. get around to doing a what-do-you-think-of-that on Season 2, I'll definitely bring it up again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with you there. Um, so, but yeah, I so I the think last the Russians bar, are, like you said, important in that, so... So I guess moving on to the last of our like little quick thoughts would be Ben Urich, mm-hmm. who I really liked his character till he died, mm-hmm. um, which I mean doesn't mean that I didn't like his character after yeah, that. Yeah. I still definitely liked his character. I feel like his character very much the same way that Karen does drives the plot. Um, yeah, but I feel like he's also not as prevalent. Like he's prevalent enough that you're sad when he dies but mm-hmm. not so prevalent that it's like, oh, well, there goes the whole show. Uh, now I'm not going to watch anymore because the best character died or anything like that. Yeah. And I think... I think bringing up the scene where Ben Urich dies, um, like, from a standpoint of, like, what I was... Like, when I was watching it, this overall sense that I got, like, the actor, I feel, did an incredible job, because you're, what he kind of, what the character kind of has to show in that moment is, like, this is Kingpin sitting next to him. He's this, like, super menacing guy. He knows a bunch of things about him that no one else does, especially at that point. And, um, yeah, he's just sitting in his house, and the, like, Ben Yurik's character kind of has to, like, or the actor kind of has to show um, Ben Urich not being afraid, but also being, like, 
really afraid at the same time. Um, right. Which it, I imagine it was like really challenging, but like he pulls it off seamlessly. Uh, yeah. And I was like watching him, like, dang, like this is like I I can still I can feel the intensity, but like I feel like Ben York's character isn't scared per se. You know, like I feel like he isn't like scared. Like he knows what's coming, but he you can feel the intensity. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. There's two two great actors playing off of each other really well in that scene. Yeah. So. Two and also two characters that you don't really get to see together and interacting outside yeah. of like yeah. long distance interacting until mm-hmm. that scene. So I feel like it's a really great culmination. Yeah. So that kind yeah. of, that kind of brings us to the end of, of of the character breakdowns that I wanted to go into. The way I kind of like to do it is we'll start at our, what our number five placing is, go all the way down to number mm-hmm. two, and then before we reveal what our number one is, we'll go over our honorable mentions. Um, I guess I shouldn't really call this fight scene breakdowns because it's a lot more action scene breakdowns. But mm-hmm. so so what was your what was your number five? My number five was probably this is gonna sound surprising. Probably him and uh, uh, probably the fight scene between Daredevil and Nobu uh, in that warehouse. Um, Interesting. So that. that's also uh, my number five. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I don't know. I'm glad we didn't differ on that. Yeah. Well, it it didn't it didn't really like have that much weight for me just because like it I don't know it was I felt it was kind of confusing especially since they like began the episode with the fight scene and then like cut it like halfway through the fight scene and then like played the episode from the like beginning like a day before that fight scene took place or whatever Um, so so here's why it's my number five and not anywhere higher up I really like the fight scene but Mm -hmm. we're looking at it from a fight scene, like, or an action scene, I guess, it is very choppy because they break it up and spread it out across the episode. Um, but also, yeah. like, at that point, you don't really know much about Nobu. He seems like a businessman, and then all of a sudden, he's a crazy ninja. Um, yeah. More ties into Stick and his fight against the hand, which we don't really learn anything about until like, mid-season two. So while I really mm-hmm. liked the action sequences in it, uh, and I really appreciated that it, like, as where most superhero shows, like, your main character superhero, unless it's, like, the main big bad, is almost invincible to everybody else. Like, Daredevil yeah. got completely um, beaten in, in that, that fight. Um, yeah. Until just barely at the very end. So that's why that's why I still appreciate the fight scene, but because it's very broken up, it's hard to enjoy as a as an action scene. So that's kind of why it's lower on my list. Why does it mm-hmm. make that place on your list outside of it being a bit broken up? Um, yeah, I mean, I just like like you said, I felt like it was um, pretty much the same reasons as you. Like it wasn't as compelling, you know. Like I didn't really feel like Daredevil was that um, invested 
in the fight as much as he was with other fights. And I'll, I'll lead... Uh, I will use that point as well for um, one, of, one of my more favorite fight scenes. Probably my third. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, you just don't get the sense that Daredevil's as invested in that fight as he is in, like, any of the other fights, really. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, just... It... And if, like, if your character isn't invested in whatever's happening in there... Not not that I'm, like, bashing the writers of the show or anything. They did a fantastic right. job. But if your character isn't invested in the fight scene, your audience won't be either. You know? If your character isn't right. invested in anything, your audience won't. So... Right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, number five. Daredevil versus Nobu. Where did you place your number four fight scene? Number four. Um, that one's hard. And it, it is low on the list, I realize, but um, just more than anything because the other three I really like than I okay. like this fight. But, and it is a really, really short fight scene. But when it looks like he, when it looks like Daredevil and Vladimir are going to get arrested, or rather killed by the by the police on Fisk's oh, payroll. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. So when Daredevil he's escaping or arrest and fighting the police. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it is short, but um, I really like it because like that it, it does have a lot more investment because you know Daredevil finally realizes like oh the police, like, aren't really safe, you know, and, um, and I need, I need to get out of here, and I need to take Vladimir with me. Uh, it, I need right. to get information from him, and I need to save his life primarily as well, so, um, like, he's invested in that, he's invested in that fight scene more than he was in the previous one, I feel like. Um, but yeah, it just, it just really works as a really quick fight scene going into, and it sets up the episode really well, because if I'm not wrong, it starts the episode that um, it's in. Like, it, that's where the episode begins. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that's interesting. It's on a completely different place in my mm. list, but we'll get to that in a little bit. My number four was um, from episode seven, when he fights Stick, after he finds out that Stick killed the kid. Huh. Who was the black sky? That's that's actually which is point. another sh very short, which is another very short fight mm -hmm. scene. But I I don't know, it kind of shows his growth as a character because it's paralleled with you know him training as yeah. a kid. Um. So, yeah, that's that's why that's my number four. I also just the choreography is great. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I do definitely enjoy that fight scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd be curious to know where it is on your list. I kind of forgot about that fight scene, honestly. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that for my number four and make the other four on my honorable, honorable mention. Um, again, more just because it has less to do with the overall story, the like my previous number four, um, than anything. But yeah, the stick one actually 
now that you mention it, I kind of forgot about it. But now that you mention it, that would probably also that would probably make my number four spot as well. So, there's a fight scene that's in my honorable mentions that you might disagree with me, but I'll explain why it's mm. there when we get to our honorable mentions. But what was your number three um, fight scene? My number three fight scene. Um. So my number three fight scene was the one immediately after um, the Nobu Daredevil fight scene, which is the one where um, Daredevil meets Fisk face-to-face, uh, and, like, Daredevil, oh. not Matt Murdock, but um, huh. uh, yeah, yeah. he meets Fisk face-to-face, and uh, that one is... Is on is in my third spot because again he's more invested in that because he realizes like how big of a like player Fisk is in it in in the whole scheme of things and uh, he that's when he like starts to want to like kill Fisk and like but you can tell he's very uh, unevenly matched with that. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That that didn't even make my list. Mm. And probably more on the reason of that I just didn't think about it mm-hmm. than that it's a bad fight scene at all. Um, I mean, I really liked all the action scenes in Daredevil. I don't, I don't feel like there was ever really a dull one. But yeah. Yeah. So, my, my number three was... Um, when he's fighting the Russians after they kidnapped Claire. Mm. Uh, I really liked that one because it very much has that dark vigilante kind of remains in the shadows mm. and then um, relies more on scare tactics. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's... Uh, I... It was... It would be higher up in my list if I didn't like the other two more. Mm. Um, but yeah. I will get into those two later. Um, but I, I definitely really like this fight scene. Yeah, that's a, that's a good fight scene. Now that I, I hadn't fully <laughs> compiled my list to tell you the truth before this, uh, before we started, but um, I'll probably put that on my honorable mentions uh, now that I think about it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that scene in that fight scene where he uh, there's that guy... Uh, running down the stairs, and um, Daredevil's just holding, I can't even remember what it is, he's holding something above the stairwell, and just waiting for the guy to make, like, walk through the middle of the stairwell, and, like, he drops it just on, I think it's a fire extinguisher on his head or something? I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. He, like, he listens in, for in the guy. Season to, two. Yeah. Not season two. Uh, episode two. Yeah, yeah. And he just wait, yeah. waits for the gut, yeah. So that 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 was a yeah interesting scene for me. So, uh, well. so my number two, um, I, I guess I'm getting a little out of order. I was doing you, me, you, me, but I'm oh, getting a little um, ahead of myself here. My number two uh, is probably not surprisingly. Well, I guess it might be surprising that it's not my number one, but not surprisingly, the hallway fight scene from episode two. Mm. Um, I particularly like this one 
just because of the way it's shot, because it's, I'm pretty sure it's one continuous shot, but also because it really demonstrates um, Daredevil as a character that he's not invincible. Like you can see him trying to get mm-hmm. tired, and uh, that his his um, like his uh, the beating that he's taking is like starting to affect yeah. him. The more that the fight goes on, and he gets slower and less coordinated than when it starts. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that's why I like it. Um, it would be my number one, except for that. I feel like it is very much a plot fight. Mm-hmm. Um, not like terribly a plot fight, but still a plot fight. Um, and also because it's been so oversaturated, like I went into it knowing that it was yeah. good. Um, so I don't know. It's on my number two. I really like that fight scene, but yeah, it's not like my yeah same and like favorite. I feel the same. Like it. It would probably be on my list if it wasn't so talked about, you know? Like, I feel like it just got yeah built up in my mind as, like, this amazing thing. And then when I finally saw it, like, it was really cool. But, like, you know, when you build something up with this amazing thing, and then it turns out to be, like, still amazing, but not as amazing as you thought it would be, you don't think it think of it as, uh, as that amazing more. Um... Interesting. So it's not even on your list. Uh, no, it's almost. I would say it's not, but it's almost. Is probably what I would say. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, huh. All right. So. What's your number two then? Oh, oh, right. My number. I can't even remember that. I didn't do my number two. Um. My number two, is, the one, the first ever. Fight scene in Daredevil. Um, that's interesting. So the one where he saves the kidnapped girl. Yes. Yeah. And the reason that's my number two is because it it's what first like takes you into like really like loving Daredevil. You know, like the show. You that's what first first takes you into that. Um, and it um it sets the tone for the entire show going on going forward, you know, like, this is, you know, interesting, you know, it's like, this is in the Marvel universe, but it's not the typical Marvel that you're used to, you know, is what it's, like, showing you. Yeah. And you're like, this, like, this guy goes to town on people, and, um, yeah, you know, it just sets tone for everything, gives it a really good, like, example, gives you a really good example of what you're in for, uh, for the rest of the show. Yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting. Well, before we get into our number ones, um, I do want to I do want to discuss like our honorable mentions. You had already said that your what was your number four was on your honorable mentions list. Yeah, that did make it onto my honorable mentions list. I do like that fight scene. Um, which just to recap is the the police fight scene from I think it's episode five or six. Oh yeah, definitely a really good fight scene, but it's kind of short and it is very much a plot fight yeah um, which i keep using this term it's something that i came up with in my first one for fights that are more there for plot reasons than for action Mm -hmm. reasons um which isn't bad but i don't know i feel like it detracts from the amount of action you can have when you're also trying to focus on the plot Mm. the reason that i 
call it a plot fight, is because it's like where Daredevil starts to learn that Wilson Fisk kind of controls more of the police department than he realized. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of the ones on my honorable mentions list as well. So what's a what are what are all your honorable mentions outside of that one? Um. Yeah. So that um that one is on my honorable mentions list. Um. And then, probably the hallway fight scene would make it on my honorable mentions list. Um, Interesting. The, uh, I don't know, it's challenging. Um, one of the, another one on my honorable mentions list is, um, interestingly enough, is the fight scene between Wilson Fisk and Vladimir's brother, I forget his name, but um, and Anatoly. Yes, interesting. Well, see, I wouldn't really even call that a fight scene. I'd more call that an execution. Yeah, but I can see where you're coming. From but because it, it gives you a it gives you a full like perspective on like uh Wilson or on Kingpin's like power level, you know, like it, and you're it's yeah. like wow, like. Don't mess with this guy. Um, but, yeah. So, um, it just, like... Yeah, I, I definitely watched that scene and was like, oh, oh, yeah. golly, this show's going a different direction than I thought yeah. it was going to. Yeah, um, and, uh, and it, like, shows you the, like, more of Kingpin's relationship with Wesley, you know? Because, like, it's confusing, you know, yeah. throughout the show, un- sort of until that point. Like, you're like, what exactly does Wesley do for him? You know, and then you can tell, like, at after that fight, right. scene, like, he kind of, one of the main things that he does is, like, support him emotionally. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, kind of interesting to think about, but yeah. So... That that would be yeah that that would be on my own rule. So interesting. You said Wilson Fisk versus, and I thought you were gonna have another one in the same place on the list as I did, um, but then you said Anatoly. Uh, so this next one is probably gonna be very controversial because it didn't make it into my top five, mm. which is the last fight between Daredevil and Wilson Fisk mm. after Fisk escapes his first attempt to arrest mm-hmm. him. Um, and and it's an honorable mention purely because it's a plot fight, and it, I don't know. I feel like it detracts too much from the action because you're more worried about like, oh, is he gonna catch mm-hmm. um, Kingpin? Yeah. Or is um, is Kingpin gonna escape? Yeah. That that is actually a good segue though because that is my number one fight scene. Although, it's like, it's like basically tied with the first one and that one. Uh, I I don't know why I like the first one. So, when so you much. say the first one, though, you, you mean what was your number yes, two space, yes, right? Yes, my, my number two space. The, uh, okay. the, the first fight ever in Daredevil. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like... 
Daredevil's final fight scene with Wilson Fisk because, um, first of all, or first off, it's the first time you get to see the Daredevil suit in action. And it looks True. awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and you know, at that, at that point, like, it's not, um, it is weird because for a lot of, a lot of the issues that I have with ones that were placed lower on my list, um, this one does have the same ones, like, Dare, Daredevil isn't really fighting to the death, like, really the only thing that Daredevil is fighting for is to buy more time for the cops to get there in that fight. Um, right. But, like, that's where he has, I don't know, it's it sort of, like, completes the circle in a sense, I feel like, because, you know, he he defeats Wilson Fisk as Matt Murdock, you know, and, like, um, Fisk gets arrested, you know, and is getting sent to prison, and then Fisk escapes. And then he realizes, like, he has to defeat Fisk as both Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, like, it comes for full circle, you know, like, um, that, that's where he defeats, defeats Fisk for the second time, but, like, fully defeats him for the first time as, um, as Daredevil versus Matt Murdock. So, yeah. that's why, that's why that one is in my number one. But, uh, what, what's your number one? Yeah. My number one is what your number two was, which is that very first Daredevil Interesting. Fight. Um, I like that scene, and, and this, this other scene, which isn't my number one, it was one of my honorable mentions, which is, uh, when Daredevil throws the guy off. Oh, the yeah. But I like them both because it's very much that, that, um, dark vigilante, like, it, they're both very early on in the season, and they both set a very definite tone as to what the show's going to look mm-hmm. like. Like, this isn't your typical cheeky daredevil. This is um, this is very much like we're going to be punching guys until they're not getting up off the ground. Yeah. Um, also, like, with that, with that very first fight scene, like, it's just so action-packed. Mm-hmm. And you're excited because you like this is the kind of thing that you started watching for yeah but also like you don't really know what's going to happen because you haven't really had much time to establish daredevil as a character so i don't mm-hmm. know it's interesting um but it's definitely my number one for that yeah. reason yeah i'm uh, i'm glad it's high on your list too because um i was i was hoping i was like i hope it isn't like that weird that I put, you know, uh, the first fight scene that high. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is, uh, you know, it does, like we both said, it does set so much of a tone for the rest of the show. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that, but that's, that's our, or not, I guess that's our favorite uh, fight scenes in Daredevil. 
Um, that it would be interesting. One thing we could do is have like people comment their top fives and honorable mentions or whatever. Um, you know, just to <laughs> see what. Uh, yeah, if I had enough viewers to do that, that would be great. So you know, anybody watching in the future, leave a comment down below what your top five are. Yeah, so that that's kind of our our thoughts on on Daredevil season one. Um, definite ten out of ten show. Would recommend. So if you guys enjoyed, um, yeah. Stick around for further content. Go check out Garrett's channel. I'll link it in the description as well as I'll put it on the screen. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed.